Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. I am your host, Matt Bernarczyk. It is a victory Monday, December 6, 2021. And I hope you are having a great day here on this uh, Monday afternoon, about four o'clock in the a.m. <laughs> the p.m. here in the Delaware Valley as I am streaming out to you live and direct over this fine, fine podcast. And yes, it is a victory Monday because yesterday the Philadelphia Eagles took care of their business. And I will give that to them, 33-18 to 18 over the New York Jets, finishing completing their doubleheader in MetLife Stadium on a positive note. And yes, we do or we don't have a quarterback controversy on our hands because yesterday, Minshew Mania went wild in MetLife Stadium for a tune of 20 of 25, or I'm sorry, 25 of 20, 242 yards, two touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 133.7. I believe he started the day off with 12 straight completions. On the ground, uh, they did not abandon the ground. Miles Sanders rushed for 120 yards on 24 carries. Five carry or five yards a carry. A very interesting balanced offensive day for the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas Goddard led the way in receiving. He had six receptions with 105 yards, two touchdowns, and tore it up for you fantasy owners out there who have Dallas Goddard, like I do, but I didn't play Dallas Goddard. I I actually have, for some odd reason, three tight ends on my fantasy football team. Dallas Goddard, uh, George Kittle, and Zach Ertz. Now, for the majority of the season, now, by the way, I did not start the season out with three tight ends, all right? That's not what I did. I picked up Zach Ertz off of the free agent pile uh, when he was traded. Now, but for the majority of the season, I had been starting uh, George Kittle. And George Kittle just was not cutting it for the majority of the season. So that is one of the reasons why I was rolling three tight ends. Now, yesterday, I decided to roll Zach Ertz. Uh, George Kittle put up 35 fantasy points, 35 and change fantasy points. To go along with Dallas Goddard's 25 and change. And, of course, Zach Ertz gave me eight and change. So that is one of the reasons why I probably will not be moving on in my fantasy league's playoff uh, and will be – once again, joining the consolation group as we battle out for fifth place in our league. So for those of you who had um, Dallas Goddard yesterday in your fantasy leagues, good for you. And I hope and for those of you who played him, good for you. But all in all, a very good positive win against a team that the Eagles should have won. I've been saying that all week long, okay? I'm still out on this team. But I, you know, you, you, you can't look a dog in the face without saying you're a dog. And you should win. And that was the that was the, the case this week against the Jets. Now the Eagles find themselves six and seven, heading into their bye week on the fringe of the NFC playoff picture uh, as a result of the Reds, sorry, the football team's last second victory over the Raiders yesterday. Um, the Eagles find themselves on the outside looking in, but never fear. We have two remaining against the football team. The first will be held. Uh, right after the bye week at home, the Eagles will actually have, for some reason, the schedule makers hook them up. They will have the next two games at home 
against the football team and against the Giants before going to Washington and then finishing up their season at home against Dallas. So NFC East, here we come out of the uh, out of the bye week. It's going to be all NFC East all the time. Whether or not our Philadelphia Eagles find find themselves in the playoffs this year, obviously is yet to be known. But let's take care of the first thing first. Gardner Minshew. I didn't say garden this time. You know, when I say garden Minshew, it sounds like something you would order at Applebee's. Yes, I'll have the uh, garden Minshew, please. But light on the croutons. It's not that. It's Gardner Minshew. Uh, and I hopefully don't have to learn how to say his name. Gardner Minshew did everything what we thought he was going to do. Uh, he was erratic at times. He was... Uh, brazen at times. He ran the ball when he had to run it, and he was able to connect on the balls that he needed to connect on. Everything that we expected Gardner to be to a win. Now, those anti-quarterback controversy people who, for some odd reason in this town, we want to run away from quarterback controversies like it's the plague. Not COVID, the plague. All right? We run away from quarterback controversies and we try to avoid them. We try to put the fire out as soon as it starts to spark. Because for some odd reason, we feel that the quarterbacks of today can't handle it. Or is it our own insecurities that we want to know who our quarterback is? I don't know why it's like that here. But I invite it, man. I invite a good, healthy controversy. Because I am of the school of thought that the next man up, if the guy that's doing it right now can't do it, then you go with somebody else. Now, I am not ready to hand over the franchise to Gardner Minshew after one game against the New York Jets. I am not a lunatic, okay? But what I have seen from Jalen Hurts throughout this season and basically towards the tail end of last season is a one-dimensional type quarterback. He does not seem to be making any progress in the lines of being able to throw the ball. And that is concerning to me. It should be concerning to you, and it most certainly should be concerning to Nick Sirianni. I'm not saying Gardner Minshew is going to be the next Nick Foles, but maybe he is. I mean, let's face it, folks. Wouldn't a Gardner, see, I did it, a, a Gardner Minshew statue outside of the link with his, with giving the old thumbs up with the, with the Top Gun shades on, wouldn't that just like capture Philadelphia in its essence? <laughs> wouldn't that just do that? But I'm not saying that. But I am saying that you should give the opportunity or the ball to the person that gives you the best chance to win. Now, as we move through this, and of course, it was the perfect storm, right? It was the Jets, a bye week, and then, you know, the, the football team. So we got oh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 days to stew about whether or not Gardner Minshew will be the next. Now, Nick Sirianni put the fire out right at postgame and by saying, you know, by no certain terms is he going to be the quarterback i don't he didn't say all that he just said it was asked is jalen hurts going to be the quarterback when healthy and he said yeah so we've heard that before we've heard we've heard coaches go down that road before now whether or not it happens and whether or not the leash is shorter on jalen hurts at the in that game against the football team we don't know but listen if the eagles want to make the playoffs this is it right here okay there's no more we we can't do another um Giants game. Okay. I maintain that once they lost it to the Giants, the Eagles would have to run the table in order to get into the playoffs. 10 and 7 will get you in. It will. 9 and 8, I don't know. But 10 and 7 gets you gets you in. The NFC East, Eagles blew that opportunity. That's gone. 
I, I mean, that's gone. The Cowboys are going to be what they are, and they're going to win the division. Now, it ain't going to matter because they're not going absolutely anywhere either, but they're going to win the division, right? It's just a matter of whether or not the Eagles or football team are going to play each other out of a position to to be the be a, one of the three wild cards. That is what has to be determined. And starting after the bye week, not next week, but the week after, the Eagles can start handling that business. The Eagles will enter that game 0-2 against their division. 0-2 against the NFC East with three games remaining, or I'm sorry, four games remaining. Yeah, four games, sorry. Time for excuses and the time for flower power and the time for the dog mentality is over, man. It, all the talk is over. It's time to do it. And there's no more. We cannot accept any more setbacks. Now, whether or not that's going to creak into uh, Nick Sirianni's head heading into that game against the football team and he puts Jalen on a real short leash, stay tuned. That might be the case. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll have to see. But we do know that Gardner will be on the sidelines, headbands, sunglasses, listening to the Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins, getting ready to come in and lead this team to victory, a la Nick Foles, in 2017 and 18. Will we have to go there? I don't know. But this town has a definite issue when it comes to quarterback controversies. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to accept the fact that we're involved in one. We don't want any of it, but we got one, potentially. We'll see. But all in all, great win. As I said, Eagles go to 6-7, and seven, continuing to keep their playoff conversation alive. I didn't say their hopes. I said their playoff conversation alive. And again, Zach Wilson, pedestrian numbers. Zach Wilson's a dumpster fire. 38-23, uh, for 23. Uh, 226 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. Now, the negative thing coming out of that game, those numbers, and he had a QB rating of 83.9. Those numbers for Zach Wilson are alarmingly scary because of what he was able to do to the Eagle defense in the first half. Cut through them like a hot knife through butter. Once again, JG reverted back to a fluffy, let's kind of let the play come to us type style defense, knowing that we can't play that type of defense and allowed Zach Wilson to carve up the Eagles in the first half. But, you know, the Jets had some issues with their kicker, which cost them some points in the first half. They outscored the Eagles 12-7, to so let's give them 14-7 to in the first half, right? They were running – they were moving the ball just as quick as the Eagles were. They took the opening kickoff like 80 yards to set up a, like, four-play scoring drive, went on and missed the extra point. The Eagles came back, scored, but then the Jets came right back down and scored on the Eagles. It was alarming. It was very alarming. It was an exciting, fun game to watch, a lot of offense, but it was alarming to see John Gannon's defense revert back to a little bit of the midseason form. We can't have that. The Eagles forced one turnover yesterday. If you're keeping score at home, folks, we have forced 13 turnovers as a team in 2021. That averages out to, hmm, 13 turnovers in 13 games. Hmm, averages out to one turnover a game. That is not acceptable, if you're asking me. It's got to be two. You got to be up there averaging two turnovers a game in order to be a champion in this league. Well, we know the Eagles aren't, right? So JG and the defense they they get a little bit um, of concerning glances going their way because once again, or they reverted. Uh, they reverted. The offense looked like it got better. Um, once again, it was more balanced. Uh, I was surprised it was as balanced as it was. I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, Nick was running the football and he was passing the ball pretty evenly dispersed and he seemed to make the right decisions at the right time. Another disparaging thing coming out of that game 
and it's actually reared its ugly head now about three or four times, maybe even five times this season, is the Eagles' lack of ability to finish. Once again, way too many field goals. The Eagles moved up and down the field all day long consistently on the New York Jets. But when they got down deep, they got down deep, their, their drive stalled, and they ended up having to go for field goals. I believe it was one, two, four field goals is inside the red zone because of stalled drives. We made them, we got the points, but that's touchdowns. You need to score touchdowns to win in this league. You need to score touchdowns to get to the playoffs in this league, and you need to score touchdowns in the playoff playoffs in this league in order to win. This is becoming a trend. It's not being talked about much because the Eagles won, but it is becoming a trend that the Eagles need to address now or last week or the week before that or week five. It's an alarming, alarming trend. But all in all, a great win. Six and seven. By week, finally is here. This team has run the gauntlet for 13 straight weeks without running any rest. Uh, they deserve it. They're going to get some time off, some time to step away to recharge the batteries and then come back against the football team and be ready for that final, final holiday stretch run. Now, that would typically do it for me here today because this is an Eagle rap show. This is what I do on Monday afternoons. I come on and I talk about the Eagles. But today in Philadelphia, there has been some other news that I need to address on this program. Uh, I, I'm doing it because it is newsworthy news. Last night, the Flyers went out. They took their seven-game winless streak at home on home ice and played the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. The two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, coming off of a game which they played on Saturday night. So they're playing back-to-back, and the Flyers haven't played since, uh, I believe it was Wednesday. So that's they're coming off of one, two, three days, well, almost four days rest. The Flyers went out and absolutely were embarrassed by the Tampa Bay Lightning to a tune of 7-1. to one. Winless streak now moves to 8 Folks, if you were watching that game last night, you saw, you wouldn't have known what season you were watching, either this season or last season, because it was the same recipe. They're working, they're working, they're working. They're not getting the bounces. They're not getting the, you know, the puck to move their way. All of a sudden, boom, a quick goal goes in on the other side. It's one nothing. They're working, they're working, they're working. Puck is not bouncing their way. Boom, another goal goes back the other way. It's now 2 nothing. And there comes the air escaping from the tires. The team gives up. And before you know it, it's seven to flip and one. Carter Hart was yanked. Listen, Carter has been pretty stellar this season. Well, you know what? I'm not prepared to say stellar. He's been pretty above average, consistent this season. Last night, he wasn't. He didn't have it last night. The defense didn't play well in front of him yet again. But there was a lot of shots that were high percentage save shots that he missed on. And the Flyers got embarrassed 7-1. So Chuck Fletcher this morning, uh, the news broke about 9, 10 o'clock this morning that the, the Flyers had finally decided to move on from A.V. Uh, Elaine Vigneault and Michelle Therrien were relieved of their duties. Mike Yo was named the interim head coach. He will be behind the bench tonight against Colorado. Uh, Chuck Fletcher had a press conference around noon today, making all that information formal and official. Uh, no timeline on an actual replacement. 
I, I am concerned by that statement because it's not late March. We're not limping towards the end of the season, trying to you know play out the string. We're not doing any of that. We are playing in December. It's not even Christmas yet. There is three quarters of this schedule left. The Flyers still have a chance, a really, really good chance to kind of turn this thing around. So if Mike Yo, who does have head coaching experience, he coached in Minnesota, he coached, he was a head coach in Minnesota, he was a head coach in St. Louis. Uh, he's been with the Flyers since AV got here. He doesn't, he's been around a bench for a while. He knows what he's doing. But I don't think he's the answer permanently. And the Flyers have time to find that permanent answer this season. Obviously, firing the head coach on the morning of a game, they're not going to they're not going to be able to get the guy they want. Unless, of course, they were negotiating within weeks, but Chuck wasn't doing that. So now we're left with, you know, who's going to be the new head coach permanently and when is that individual going to be named? It better happen. It could, it could happen this week. The Flyers play tonight. Then they're not, they don't play again until Wednesday, and then they don't play again until Friday when they head out west or to the desert to play Vegas and Arizona. You could get a head coach in place by the, by the time the Flyers hit the road on Friday. You could. It's possible. A head coach and a new staff. Absolutely possible. So Chuck was kind of forced. His hand was forced. Uh, A.V. Was a, was a good dude. I, I enjoyed watching A.V. coach. Uh, he reminded me of an old-school hockey guy, reminded me of the of the game that, that used to be, um, yeah, liked him a hell of a lot more than I liked Hackstall. So it's a shame. But when, when things are as bad as they are right now and they're just so mirrored to what they looked like last year, you can't listen. The coach is always the one that's going to take the fall. You're not going to fire the players. Uh, you're going to trade players, but you're not going to trade all of them at the same time. And there's some players the Flyers are heavily invested in, and they're just not going to move them. So it's the coach that takes the fall. Was it his? Was it him? I don't know. I, I really don't. Was he part of the problem? Absolutely part of the problem. But the roster must be also part of the problem. Chuck Fletcher is part of the problem. There is Claude Giroux is part of the problem. There is equal parts of the problem to go around the Philadelphia Flyers right now. But unfortunately, the easiest move, and, and if you read my, my little article on um, edgeofphillysports.com, when I asked, essentially, what are we going to do? You know, what the clock is ticking. What are some of the options that Chuck Fletcher can do? And this, the moving of the coach, is the easiest thing to do. It is. Uh, it's the easiest. It's, it's the, it is the easiest. So it's done. (laughs) It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. I guess we all can, can breathe um, easy, so to speak. Uh, We, we enter a whole nother. Now we we enter a whole new era of Philadelphia flyer hockey. It begins here in about two and a half hours. We will see. Um, you know, they're facing the Colorado Avalanche, who are one of the elite teams from the West, and they're coming off of a back-to-back where they got embarrassed by the Lightning. They shouldn't be tired because they weren't really playing. I don't expect – I mean, what's Mike Yo going to do in the last 12 hours? Instill a whole new system? Have them learn it? No. Again, if you watch Mike Yo's press conference, and Chuck and Mike did a joint one 
this afternoon. Go ahead on YouTube and and search it. You know, it's a, it's a good watch. But I don't expect much to change tonight. Moving forward, we'll see. But Mike Yo is the new interim head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Good luck, Elaine. Um, I really do appreciate what you did. You're an old school hockey guy. Really would have wished you could have been the one to break to break the 46 year drought. But next man up, right, Mike? So, but one last thing about the Flyers, and we'll move on. You know, time has run out on Chuck Fletcher too. Time has run out. He is now left to fix this mess. He could blame Ron Hextall all he wants. He could have, he could have blamed Dave Hextall all he wants. But now Chuck Fletcher has been here long enough, and he's got enough of his fingerprints on this that now this is his. Now he needs to do something to direct the direction <laughs> of this organization and franchise moving forward. Today was a start. It better not be the end because there's more work to be done. There's a lot more work to be done. This roster is inadequate. It's not a bad roster. It's just inadequate, and it needs to be addressed. Chuck needs to address it, and it can be done. That's why he gets paid the big money, everybody. But that's that's the haps with the Philadelphia Flyers. More to follow with that as they will get on the ice tonight, and they will resume their season I have a programming note, everybody. So typically I come on on Mondays and I do the Eagle Wrap. Then I come back on Thursdays and I set you guys up for the current week of the NFL. And I'm still going to do that this week, even though we will not obviously be setting up a Eagles game. And there will be no Kyle Quinn on Saturday. And I know I did. I, I failed to get him. He did send me his pick, by the way, which was the Eagles. They, he did pick the Eagles. But it came later on. Uh, Kyle's still recovering from a, from a little sickness that he's had. But... Never fear, I'll have Kyle back on the 19th and we'll or the 18th, and we'll break down the, the football game once the bye week is over. But I have a special announcement to make. Uh, yours truly, old Matty B, will be joining the boys of edgeofphillysports.com live on Wednesday night at 9.30 on their Facebook page. I'll be joining Big Al, Freddie, and Joey. And I'm going to be sitting in with them live and kind of cutting it up. Now, if they decide to talk Sixers, I'm going to put tape over my mouth because I will not speak of the Sixers until that man is traded. But once we move past the Sixers, we'll get into some Flyers, Eagles, and Phillies and, and stuff. Um, really looking forward to this. Uh, I've been We've been trying to work this out for a few weeks now, but it's going to happen this Wednesday night. So be tuning in to Edge of Philly Sports on their Facebook page, on their Facebook Live around 9.30 on Wednesday, and you'll be able to see yours truly cutting it up with the boys of edge Philly sports until then my friends that is going to do me right uh i've come on and i've said my piece we got an eagle victory all's right in the world right until next time i'll talk to you guys later take care Eagles fly, fly, Eagles fly, on the road to victory, the N-T-L-E-S Eagles!